1: I understand. On the line with us, we're, we're all together now. Is uh, uh, Commissioner Nigro that was there that day, Commissioner, former FDNY?
0: Hello, John. Nice to be with you. Well, we
1: got your old boss here. We have uh, uh, Rudy uh, Washington. We had uh, Rudy Giuliani. We got Governor Pataki on. We have Governor Patterson in the office, and uh, Judge Weinberg. And uh, uh, t- tell us your your memories of that day.
0: Well, certainly. Uh... We we heard from Brooklyn, where our headquarters is in Metrotech, we have heard and felt the initial hit at the North Tower. And uh, Pete Gancy and I, we raced over the Brooklyn Bridge, and we were on the scene uh, well before the second plane struck. So um, that day I told Pete on the way there, this will be the worst day of our lives. Mm-hmm. And little did I know, you know, it was certainly certainly was, and Pete lost his life. As did uh, 343 of our members, and so many police officers from NYPD and Port Authority, uh, all trying to do the same thing, all trying to help those poor people uh, trapped in those towers by that terrorist attack.
1: Who did anybody? Uh, did anybody, uh, Governor Pataki or Mayor Giuliani? Uh, did anybody realize those towers had a chance of coming down?
0: I, I never in my wildest dream mm-hmm. that they would come down. It was just yeah. horrifying to watch I, and see first one, then the other.
2: I'll che- check this with with the chief, but I, I sort of had a conception that if it came down, it, it would come down the way other buildings come down. In other words, in stages. Mm. Uh, yeah. We were concerned I, 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 actually, I actually thought, but I can't remember it. Put my words, I can't remember the words exactly, but I thought Pete said something to me sort of suggesting that. He said something, he said to me, we're going to, Mayor, we're going to be here a long time and we're going to have to have reinforcements. And one of the things he wanted from us right away, because I brought Carrick over with me, he wanted, uh, he wanted the streets cleared. He said these people are blocking things and we're going to have to move people in and out quite a bit. I'm going to have to take some of these guys out right away. And we're going to be here a long, long time. You know, Mayor, I've always wondered about that. It didn't come down the way a
3: building normally would <clears throat> in a fire. It came down almost as if, uh, it had exploded from, from the inside of it. Yeah, the and, way construction. The way you yeah, do right. the like construction, construction demolition. Don't
1: start with the conspiracy theory on today <laughs> because there's conspiracy theory out there that there was, uh, there was a bomb set within the building. And it made it come straight down.
3: No, but, you know, once a plane of that size hits a building with the kind of fuel in it, it's a bomb itself. So it could do the same damage.
2: Yes. You know, you know what the, a medical, lot of- the medical examiner, Hirsch, ex- gave me one of the best explanations of it that afternoon. Because I went to see him to ask him how many body bags I needed and what kind of a morgue were we going to have to put up and did we have to expand it? Hirsch had gone down there to watch it. In fact, he had an injury that he self self. Uh he, he actually stitched it up himself. He looked like something out of Frankenstein with a hand all. And I said to him, "How many how many bodies am I going to have to deal with?" Uh, he's because he had told me straight out they're almost all dead. He said, "You don't have to tell him right away, but they're almost all dead."
1: Now somebody was told, telling me to He attend. told me, John. He yeah.
2: told me they evaporated.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Nice. He said, "You're yeah. going to be looking for." And he he said that's how the building imploded. The building evaporated in the middle. The the, the the heat was so intense. The, the jet fuel is like ridiculous three thousand degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. It melted the inside of the building, so the inside of the building just collapsed on itself. That, that, at least
3: that's what he told me. And if you remember, Mayor, you and the governor, uh, the press was pressing you guys for a number, an mm. estimated number, yeah. and you said privately to a couple of us, "I can't put a number out there. I don't think New York could bear to hear."
1: The number. 10 to 20,000?
3: We didn't know. We had no idea. And and, and they, were 12. Trying to, they were trying to make the mayor give them an estimate. And, and and privately, Rudy said, you know, I don't want to put a number out there. You and know. had the attack occurred later, there probably would have been three to four times the death toll because people were still coming into work when it started.
2: You know, Governor, that's a very, very uh, mm-hmm. interesting point. It's almost as if they don't understand New York. We start work later. Mm-hmm. That would have been the exactly right time to hit Houston or nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we're not full until about ten. Yeah, now there's a question. Somebody was talking about it
1: before. Was it you, Governor Patterson, or Tony Carbonetti? Was uh, uh, that uh, that the fire was burning for at least four or five months within within the uh, rubble uh, the rubble down below? Yes,
2: sure. Uh, Four or five months, certainly three. With all was that, was all that rain and everything, well, it was way below ground. It was like um, three, four, five stories below ground.
0: Seven and stories we, underground. Seven. That's seven right. Seven and we didn't and have remember, much rain, John. Wow, you know, it's I interesting. I remember. We I didn't remember have much rain. When, I remember when uh, Mike Bloomberg was being sworn in on January first, and you'd look from the from the scaffolding at Grace uh, at City Hall. And you could still see the smoke rising from ground zero. Yep. You know, and that was from September 11th to January 1st. It was just, uh, just awful. But the, the courage of the people who worked that pile, 24 hours every day, it was still burning uh, and obviously toxic. But they had a mission to do, and they did it incredibly well. I wanted to ask FDNY Commissioner Nigro and of course um, America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani and Governor Pataki and as well as you Rudy Washington. what I noticed I was a a young I was a young production assistant working for CBS News, so I watched all the news coverage. We had to go down to the site. but what struck me is you guys had no time to mourn. You lost a lot of friends there. You saw a lot of devastation, and you just had to keep pushing through. How were you able to just keep on going and never break down and stay strong, not just for New York City but for the entire world? So I'll start it off with you, Rudy. Rudy, I'm forgetting
2: it. i forgetting it. I remember the first one that really hit me. It was the first one that I was notified of. Tom Von Essen walked in and said, uh, Father Judge, body has been recovered, and they're carrying him to St. Peter's Church. I actually had, within seconds before that, th- been thinking, I want to get him to help me. Mm. Uh, he was the fire department chaplain. He was legendary. He was a great priest, a great preacher. And he was the- I had the first fire death with him and went to the home, and I said to him, Father, I don't know how to explain death. Tell me how to do it. And he did. And uh, he was sort of a spiritual advisor, too, since every once in a while I commit a few sins. I can't announce what those are now. but And uh, he used to help me. So he tells me that Father Judge is dead. He's the guy I would have leaned on. Mm. He's the guy that I would have privately told how frightened I was, how scared I was, how confused I was. I wasn't sure whether I made the right decision. I'm not sure I would have said it to anybody else but him. And all of a sudden, he's taken away from me. And I tell you, it was a feeling in my stomach was, holy, you know what? <laughs> I'm all by myself. Mm. I, I, you just took the guy away that I need the most.
0: And Commissioner Nigro, you lost so many of your men. Well, I think, uh, I and think women still more. You know, we mourned along as uh, we were. And there was no uh, okay. there was no break for the members. Our members went to funerals. When the funeral was over, they came back down to the site, and they did what they had to do until the end of May, uh, 2002. We were there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, with members of the police department and others, and we tried to do the best we could to recover everyone that we could and give some semblance of closure to as many families as possible. But I think the members of the department uh, are still mourning 21 years later. And Rudy Washington? Uh,
3: I remember that day I I, I said to myself, i got to compartmentalize all of this because if I feel it, I won't be able to function. And um, what happened afterwards, uh, and as as the mayor knows, um, you know, I in my eight years, I had threats on my life. I, you know, had police protection off and on, and and um, I never at one time thought of quitting. And I remember praying um, when we started doing the funerals because the mayor couldn't be at every single funeral. Uh, and I remember praying, saying, you know, I want to quit. Mm. And a voice, voice said, "If not you, who?" <laughs>
1: Wow. Wow.
0: Wow. Yeah, 21 years later it still hurts. Yeah. And,
1: Commissioner, how about you?
0: No, I'll I'll get back to that. You know, um we we attended more funerals than we ever imagined and um uh, people in the city were there for us and they're still there. They're still there for us and and Sunday will be uh as it has been every year, a solemn day. For the members of the department, for the members of the police department, port authority, and for the city as, as a whole. So uh, I'll be down once again for the reading of the names. And, and you hear each and every name. And uh, whether it's a member of our department, a member of the police department, or a poor civilian victim, um, every name brings sadness. I understood. It's very,
2: it's, it's very, very emotional. It's very hard to go back to that day because you don't know where you're going back to. I can go back to that day and I can have some of the most joyous thoughts of bravery and courage and the firefighters getting up on the top of that uh, bunch of junk and putting up the flag like Iwo Jima. Or I can remember... A couple of the early bodies that were recovered that were smashed to pieces. And it was a father bringing a son out. And you don't even know how to deal with that. And I think Rudy is right. Yeah, yeah, I, I kept saying to myself, I can't think about it now. We've we got to take a break,
1: but we'll be back. Uh, we're taking a break. We're going to talk to Lou Doff have him tell us how the markets are like. And we're going to come back uh, with our entire group. And Nigel Farage from Great Britain might be calling in to let us know what the heck is going on in in England.
0: Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime.